0: Mike, are you familiar with this Eddie-something character who fought Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship this week on AEW Dynamite?
1: Eddie Kingston? Yes. Is he a wrestler? Yes. Are you sure he's
0: a wrestler and not the guy who did some drywall patching work for me about a month and a half ago?
1: Yes. All right. I'll take your word for it. This and other confusing matters coming up on the Miss Spots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. I am quite familiar with Eddie Kingston. I am actually a fan of Eddie Kingston. I... How? I, I, I... Okay. I think that he's a great talker. And I thought that he showed some of that in the, the promo that he cut. Because it's just... It, it He's always been, like, this real character to me. Like, there's so much of him involved in his character and but before I, you go any further
0: okay before you go any further I, I do not mean to cut you off i just i want to know who where 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 did do you see him performing on the side of a road somewhere was he <laughs> at, at a fish market of some sorts and maybe grabbed a microphone well, who, who is this person and where is he from
1: i uh, he's been in a number of promotions but my my uh experience with him was ring of honor chikara and czw okay. Uh, he okay. spent he spent a, a good portion of time in Impact. Uh, I don't remember if it was Impact or TNA at that point, but he was part of a uh, was it I think it was Beatdown Squad or Beatdown Tribe that was like. Great name for a faction. There MVP uh, was part of it. Uh, He was also manager of. uh, I think Excalibur pointed this out. He was the manager of uh, Santana and Ortiz uh, at one point too in Impact. Um, Uh,
0: Okay, okay. So now I have a little bit of of, of background. No, I, I I have a whole big problem with the concept at on on high, of, of whole, of bringing in people that, uh, listen, Mike, you are a big-time wrestling fan. You are much, much more knowledgeable than I am. You and I have been doing a, a, a wrestling podcast for many years now. Uh, I've watched, up until a few weeks ago, every minute of wwe raw for for years and years we watched all the pay-per-views all the special events that don't take place in saudi arabia watch nxt watch all the AEW stuff but i've never watched impact right i've never seen anything from ring of honor that you didn't show me personally and those were brian danielson matches and cm punk and samoa joe guys that went on to be big time stars in in wwe and I, i just wonder like when you have a guy show up and we in in the and and I am not a casual fan. I would not call myself. I'm I'm like the middle road fan between you super fan and like I'm like a you're a 10, I'm a 5 and the regular casual fans farther down on the list. You continue to bring these people in that I just don't know who they are. I don't know who Jeff Cobb is. And they don't give me promo packages and stuff to make this guy seem like something when he arrives. The guy that just joined uh, Taz's group that showed up three weeks ago or six weeks ago, we haven't seen him since, I, I, that I don't even know his name because he just showed up one day and is wrestling competitive matches against a guy who's supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the company. And I don't even think the announcers are doing a good job putting these people over. When you have a big person or a person show up out of any out of nowhere and the and the majority of the fans don't know who they are. It just it's insane to me that you would choose to do this. If Rusev showed up to challenge for the championship because he's out of his contract now, I think you could do that. But uh, you know Eddie Kingston, I, I'm just like, who is this guy? And they're telling me a story about how he had to sell his wrestling boots, and I'm going. Why is a guy who had to sell his wrestling boots on your TV show? You know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I had a really hard time getting behind this. He looked terrible. He, I mean, I have uncles who are in their fifties that are in better shape than him. And I don't, and I'm, and I'm not trying to insult. You said you're a big fan of this guy. I, he did do a good job talking. I completely agree with you. And if they would have promoted, this person was going to be on the show and given us some background in a vignette or a package or something. We got in the WWE over and over again by binging people from NXT and not giving them packages and not giving us like a reason to get behind them. And now they're just dropping people that don't aren't even anywhere near television in the way that we're talking about on our screens. And I stop I'll stop my rant and I will secede the floor to you so that you can talk about a person that you apparently really are into.
1: Well, uh like I I I'm not gonna get too involved into why I like Eddie Kingston. I I, I he's he's definitely not as not as slick as he used to be. Um, if if you all if you really do want to go watch some some Eddie Kingston stuff, that's good. Is go watch his his feuds with Chris uh, with Chris Hero, uh, a long standing feud he had with Chris Hero, spanning many different promotions. Uh, the two of them just destroyed each other at, at certain points in times. He was a part of the Ring of Honor CZW feud uh, that was a big cross-promotional program uh, that went on in the 2000s. Um, I, I would highly recommend watching that stuff. Uh, but uh, here's, here's what I think is going on, and that is also a detriment to what AEW is trying to do. What I think they are trying to do i so apologize for the dog in the background uh (laughs) but uh i think what they're trying to do is create this almost nwa type thing here with this title in the open challenge taking on anyone from all different promotions uh, and free agents and all of that almost as if cody is this traveling champion but it's the traveling challengers that are coming into the home promotion uh to challenge the champion instead of the champion going around to other promotions and taking on the home promotions uh people and I, I get what they're trying to do, but they do have an issue with, like what you said, is bringing in these people who who, who a lot of people don't know who they are, no background into them, and bless Excalibur for constantly trying to provide some sort of background in a pinch, but it's still really not enough when a vignette could do something. um, Like being able to announce... Uh, who it is that they're fighting the week before or even early on in the show, give a vignette and then the match happens uh, later on, would really do wonders to hyping it up a little bit more. I feel like we as wrestling fans, maybe not necessarily us, but a lot of wrestling fans uh, feel like they need the element of surprise all the time in order to uh, make something a big deal. Like, who is it going to be? Oh, I need that suspense of knowing who Cody's going to fight in order for it to become a big deal where some of them feel let down if they know well ahead of time who it's going to be. They're like, oh, well, now I know who it's going to be. I think wrestling fans need that, to get over that a, a bit.
0: But I don't even know if it's, it's I think it's I think they're overthinking all of this. I don't yeah. think it's anything to do with the fans because... If you're going to have a person—if you're going to have we don't know who's going to show up and who shows up as CM Punk, well, that's a pretty big deal. If who shows up as somebody like Rusev or somebody that was cut from the WWE recently, someone that 2.5 million people used to watch on television every week, well, then that could be a big deal. When the person that shows up as a surprise is someone that I'm left scratching my head about week after week— then you're 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 doing a detriment it would be much better as you said to tell us who Cody's going to fight next week and give us a vignette and a package they're coming in to fight this person give us a chance to maybe think about this person a little bit and sell them to us the big problem your idea of like the territory days but reversed the big problem is if you traveled to memphis and they were bringing the nwa champion you know your guys and you know the nwa champion because that's the biggest title in the world what we've got here is i think that they
1: think they're doing but they don't realize it
0: They, they just they don't have the names and and by the way the matches haven't been that great these seem like spot indie shows where they're trying to have the the announcer sell this person as someone or something, and they're trying to to put on a a great match even though these matches aren't that great and I don't care about thumbtack spots and I don't care about any of this stuff because I want to know about these guys. I would rather have a mediocre to poor wrestling match with a great angle and 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 character development and we're going towards something because this is this is TV this is not a blow off show then try to, to even if these were great matches, I don't, I don't think they have been. The Sonny Kiss match from the week before was another problem with Cody going 50-50 with Sonny Kiss, who is basically a no one even to AEW. Sonny Kiss has, has, has Sonny Kiss wrestled before that match last week? And I don't want to go back to last week. But has Sonny Kiss wrestled uh, one singles match On AEW Dynamite before he wrestled Cody Rhodes. No. So you have your champion, a guy who's supposed to be one of the aces of your company, wrestling 50-50 wrestling matches with a person who is barely in a tag team and never even featured on the show. That's a huge problem. And then they bring in somebody from the outside, and we're trying to sell them as as a threat. At one point, at the end of this match, Excalibur says that Uh, this was the toughest test to date for Cody Rhodes. He has wrestled on AEW television or pay-per-view, Jericho, Darby Allin, Lance Archer, MJF, Wardlow, and Jake Hager. And you're telling me that this guy, Eddie Kingston, a guy who I have never heard of before, might be great, great talker, maybe the best wrestler in the world, I don't know. But you're telling me that this guy was the biggest test for Cody when These other contracted talent that you've been trying to put over as being important and who have held championships in your promotion are, this was his toughest test? That's a mistake. Cody should be, if you want to bring in a guy like that and you want to do a promo package and let him go, let fucking Cody put him down. Let him put him down pretty quickly. Show that your champion is a champion and will beat all challengers and beat these people that are not at his level because they are not. They're just not, and they should not be billed that way in the eyes of the AEW roster, especially when you've got other people on on the promotion that should be getting that spot. So I I just, the entire, like you said, I think that they're trying to do something I think that is ineffective and a huge mistake.
1: Uh, I I would agree with that.
0: And I don't mean to just rag on Eddie Kingston because he might be great. I I just, I want to repeat that. I don't know this guy's... Body of work, but from a a person seeing this foot the eye for the first time, I saw nothing impressive. I saw a guy who looked out of shape, who threw a bunch of punches and talked a little bit, and that was fine. But that's not enough in this situation
1: and you, you know, to kind of follow up on this this type of trend, I'm going to jump a little bit in the show. I want to go to the hangman. And five match. Bring it on, man. So I didn't realize this until the announcers told us. This is the guy who went 50-50 with Kenny Omega like a month and a half, two months ago. Uh, That we were like, it was a fun match. But who is this guy and why does he deserve to stand toe-to-toe with Kenny Omega? And while this wasn't wasn't 50-50 this also wasn't a squash match by hangman hangman had his number through most of this match i would probably say it was 75-25
0: but it also went
1: a little longer than it probably should yes. have yes and it 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 just it seems weird when hang like hangman is able to put this guy away relatively more easily than his seven star match tag team partner like and he beat him with a move that is neither a finisher nor a signature move of his
0: you know that doesn't bother me so much but no there is some it continuity it doesn't to me either he yeah, should be there, able to beat this guy yes, with yes, yeah. but there should be some continuity in this and and i i don't understand the antithesis to all of this let me jump backwards in time is the mjf match It is exactly what that kind of match should be. Yeah, MJF fought a guy who we have never seen before and may never see again. He made fun of him. He kind of embarrassed him. He got smacked in the mouth for doing it because he was too cocky, but he still controlled it. He was good enough to be that cocky and that good. It was an angle. And at the same time, I actually felt some sympathy for the guy who got beat. I felt more for that guy that I felt for anyone Cody has fought more for, more than, uh, uh, this uh, dark order guy's a heel, but you know what I'm saying? Like I cared more about that dude, jungle boy's dad or whatever hell he said, <laughs> jungle man, oh, than I cared. Jungle boy's I, dad. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> jungle man. Uh, I, th- I think that's what he called him, but I cared more about that guy than I cared about any of these other people because MJF did get himself over in doing this more so and was a great heel and it was entertaining. It was well done. Everything about that worked. Paige should have done the same thing and on a babyface side to take out this guy five and then do the Brody Lee segment. You You're not missing anything. That match going longer sold nothing. It made no difference. We're never going to remember that this match went on. So shorten it up, tighten it up, let your freaking superstar who's going to be your champion one day go over real strong against some dude, which is basically what it is, and let Brody Lee make that little offer to him. Let Cody go over, I'm sorry, some guy, and give us another match. Give us three more promos. Give us something else to fill out this show that's more interesting because by the second hour of the show, I stopped even taking notes because I didn't give a shit. I did not care. I the, the the women's match that they had in there, I did not take a single note on. And it wasn't any detriment to them, but they had burned me out to the point where I just didn't care what they were putting on my television.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, All the way through the main event, I just did not give a shit.
1: We had two... Uh, for all intents and purposes, hardcore matches within the first forty minutes of of the show—bad pacing idea—and
0: uh, well, let's talk about those hardcore matches. Well, let's I mean, we already who, talked about the well, Cody yeah. and well,
1: Eddie match.
0: I was so angry watching that Butcher and the Blade versus Young Bucks match. And, you know, I had, like, an epiphany, I think, last week that I talked about that now I can't remember. I had an epiphany about hardcore matches. I think, I believe, that in the Booker's mind, the point Booker of a T's. hardcore... Yeah, in Booker T's mind. Uh, shucky, shucky, quack, quack. Um, match, hardcore matches are there to showcase, like, brutality and a believability in a fight. I don't think there is any match stipulation... That is more choreographed, less believable, more unrealistic than hardcore matches. Every one of them sucks across the board. This hardcore match was as good as anything the WWE did during their hardcore title reign when they had that in the late 90s early 2000s. And none of those matches were ever any good. (laughs) So it is as good as those and they all sucked because they they're so unbelievable, they're so contrived, there's so much working together it it's, it' there's no peril. I don't care about any of these people i don't I, one of the one of the young bucks had their nose busted open. I never felt he was in danger. I never cared about him. I never cared about anybody in this thing. They're just all going from this place to this place and setting them up on the table and climbing a scaffolding for five minutes and jumping off of it. Cool, guys. You just did a thing. But it didn't do anything for me. And then the butcher and the blade to start the match. They were literally in the kitchen cutting meat. Now here's my question. They had and
1: knives. I was... <laughs> okay.
0: I, I want you to I want you I want you to answer this question for me. Cause this is the first thing I thought. Were they prepping for their own dinner for later on, or were they literally prepping meat to sell later on to somebody? Why are they there in the middle of an episode of Dynamite cutting beef?
1: Uh, Butcher and Blade have a very successful catering side business uh, where they just uh, cut up meats and sell them. I hear they're pasture-raised. (laughs) <laughs> grass a uh, grass Grass-fed. fed grass
0: fi- grass fed at least grass finished um i know the difference by the way i have a, i have a brother-in-law in the business um who
1: knows the butcher and is a butcher that's very true
0: <laughs> my brother is my brother-in-law is a butcher who knows the butcher um listen this was awful this was unwatchable this 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 gave me no desire to ever see the Young Bucks again. This gave me no desire to ever see the Butcher and the Blade again. It was just a bunch of shit that happened, and I I, I don't know why this is on my television. I don't know why you would enjoy this. I don't understand how this this plays into anyone coming back to watch a television show.
1: While I did not uh, think as in depth about the 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 obvious prep cook uh, work that was being done. uh, I was like, they're holding knives. The young bucks are barging into a room, a kitchen with these guys holding knives. Like they should just run after the bucks with knives. They have them, but instead they put them down to fight. And then the young bucks threw that meat at them. At one point, it was all for the spot of, Hey, we hit them in the face with stakes. Like that was WWE level shit.
0: No, it was. It was a WWE hardcore match from 2000 and those weren't any good. They just weren't. Go back and watch them. If you have nostalgic feelings about those matches, go back and watch them. And if you still like them, see somebody because there's <laughs> something wrong with you. They're they're just not good. At- i any time you take somebody you know i was thinking about this the other day the the record shows that one of the first table bumps ever took was from uh bret hart and diesel uh, when Bret Hart took the bump into the side uh, the table uh, on ringside in like 1996 or 97, whatever it was, we've seen tables used before. I mean, Terry Funk uh, piled drove Ric Flair into a table. The table didn't break, to my knowledge. Maybe it did, but sometimes Bret Hart is credited with taking one of the first table bumps, at least on on ringside. The table bump is so unbelievable and is so set up and predetermined and nonsensical and when you take people and you kick them in the face and then lay them on a table and then climb a scaffolding uh, you've killed everything about that it it is it is it's so contrived like I can't even I have a hard time not tuning out for the next 15 minutes because you did it
1: and and they're so set up like uh, ahead of time it's that uh that Chekhov's gun scenario to where, like, you know it's going to get used, so the suspense is already out of it. Like, y- you can't create a-, a real sense of suspense to me. I mean, I guess if you set something up and you are waiting for it to happen, I guess that's technically suspense, but I don't know. I- it feels cheap don't, to me. Don't
0: set it up. The last believable table bump that was ever taken was Mick Foley off Hell in a Cell because we didn't see it coming. No one had to sit and wait. Yeah, he had to run with Undertaker on the cell, and that's a little bit unbelievable and absolutely has to—you have to sign on for that. I get it. Suspend some disbelief. But it's the last believable table bump I've ever seen because— Every other one just takes so they're setting the table up and you're doing this or over WWE going to do a table bump. Got to pull the monitors out. Got to make sure I don't hurt the guy that I'm trying to murder. Got to pull those monitors out. Make sure everything's clean and safe. If you want to do these things, give us a reason for why they're there. Go back into an area that the table's already set up. Don't set up a table. It never looks good. It always looks stupid. And in general, just don't do it. If you set up a table and you do a table bump off something that was already set up uh, and you you know, you know alluded to it earlier on, do it once every six months. It's the only time it's ever going to matter. These guys did things to each other in this match. Uh, stuff on the ramp that should have murdered somebody. Yet we're going to see somebody else take a simple wrestling move and get pinned. And these guys kicked out of it. It does nothing for your program. It does nothing for your believability. It does nothing for your continuity. Uh, the and in general and in general, the young bucks are the slam dunk competition of of <laughs> of wrestling. I tune in to watch basketball games, right? Where there's rules and you're dribbling and there's competition. And when I watch the young bucks and I watch a lot of people on AEW, I see a slam dunk competition. There's no rules. There's just a bunch of flashy moves that mean nothing, that no one will ever care about again, that everyone's kind of in on and high-fiving people afterwards. That's what this show is 50% of the time. It's a slam dunk competition. It's not a contest. I want a contest, and they're giving me an exhibition.
1: I'm going to date myself here. They're Harold Miner and Cedric Sabalos
0: d brown spud Webb, bro let's go back let's go way back uh Uh, but but you know is it not true
1: it's that's such a great analogy um i want to go back to one quick thing about believable table spots randy orton throwing the sings onto the tables not believable he did it like 17 weeks in a row, and he shrugged
0: afterwards like, yeah, Brandy did it again. No, that was never believable. What about you know, at least the, the first Monders time? He pulled the Monders
1: out. He pulled the Monders out. Not every time. I feel like uh, the first okay. time he just completely threw them recklessly onto yeah. the table
0: quite possibly but once again it didn't matter it, it wasn't in an angle that we really cared about it had something to do with Jinder Mahal's champion <laughs> you need to pull these things off when they're believable and they matter and if you're gonna do a spot like that it should be brutal it should put somebody out
1: I don't fault anyone for erasing Jinder Mahal's title reign from their memories
0: I mean anyway man th- this was just not a good show. The MJF thing was a highlight. It was it was just perfect. That was great professional wrestling in my opinion. You know, the stuff with Darby and and Brian Cage was fine. It was it wasn't great, but it was advancing a storyline. I get it. Uh, I also didn't mind the stuff with the Dark Order and trying to get Adam Page done and the revival coming out to help him out. It was advancing a storyline, but the wrestling aspect of that segment kind of sucked. Didn't it was it was too long. It didn't need to be that way. And then the the you know the tag match to end it. If if anyone didn't know that was Sammy Guevara, Guevara congratulations, you're the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> I, you
1: know, I I immediately knew with the way that he he left or he jumped off the apron and just stood there I'm like oh it's fucking Sammy like
0: but not only that the inner circle has other people they have two other guys that can do stuff on the outside what a great laid trap they had they've got Santana and Ortiz they don't need a dude hanging out in the freaking wearing a lucha libre mask in the audience they got two other guys on the outside and the other team's got Jungle Boy who is, a, who is a small child.
1: No, Marco Stun. They
0: win. I'm sorry. Marco Stunt. Why am I saying Jungle Boy? I love Jungle Boy. But uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no reason that they had to do that. None of it made sense. It was so stupid. And it was just a mediocre match in general. I, I just, ugh, God, this fucking show, man. Let, I wish and, it was better. Let me ask you a
1: question better. about the you, the super quick booking at the end of the show because we had like all hell break loose. And we were told that it's going to be a five on five match uh, next week. Uh, when I looked at it, there's five members of the inner circle and there were six people from the other group. Who are the five? Is Marco oh, stunt the, out of it?
0: Ma- no, I, I didn't see Marco stunt in the graphic. I thought it was, a, it was, just I didn't Best see Best a Friends graphic Orange Cassidy. Oh, there was a, there was a graphic. In oh, it, in I, the okay. The screen. So, orange, Marco Sun's not going to.
1: So, it's best friends, Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that like lightning quick booking is like one hair better than booking the entire show in the first segment of Raw. But let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Okay. Let's pump the brakes on that uh, and not be announcing these things within 13 seconds of the angle going down because. It's pretty dumb. And not only that, but I mean, listen, I, I've watched every episode of AEW Dynamite, and I've watched it in the face of watching NXT, which often is a much better show. That 10-man f- tag doesn't sell me on that show. I don't want to watch that tag man tag. It's going to be bad. It's not going to be a match. It's going to be a clusterfuck of nonsense, and and
1: there's gonna be sure it's gonna be a spot fest
0: now listen there are aw fans obviously that love this shit because they're continuing to tune in unironically uh i'm not that i'm turning in, tuning in on a, uh, uh ironically because i do like aspects of the show and i just want it to get better but the ratings continue to not be great what they're giving us is not working it's not the thing that's retaining their 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 base Maybe sports based wrestling might be a good thing to try for a company that advertises itself as sports based wrestling or sports based competition or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But we're not going to get it next week when you have a five on five match with a bunch of people that only do spots in no tag wrestling because none of those people do tag wrestling. So that's just disappointing across the board.
1: It was a disappointing show. I think that's an unfair assumption to say. These are like people who don't do wrestling. They only do spots. Don't do tag wrestling, I said. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Santana and Ortiz can be a good tag team.
1: So can best friends.
0: Sure. (laughs) I I don't. I don't. I I, I like Trent. I, I, I don't like Chuck Taylor at all. And I... I just I don't I don't enjoy watching their matches, uh. For the most part, it's 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 the the entire the only team right now in AEW that actually does tag matches is the revival, and they're slipping towards the wrong direction.
1: Uh, I get what you mean, but I <laughs> I dis- I disagree with uh your assessment of best friends.
0: Okay, uh, I I I, re- I love their entrance music. I actually don't even I, I like the name. I I like things about that group uh i just they came out to the in the pay-per-view in a minivan i know it was supposed to be cute it just looks stupid i uh i don't i don't i don't care for it
1: and trent's mom joined uh inner circle what it was a uh, like just a little online only thing uh oh great trent yeah trent's mom uh joined the inner circle <laughs> cool <laughs> But uh, yeah, this 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 wasn't a good episode. Um, I I think pacing was very bad with it. The just the uh match order wasn't very good, and a lot of the action was not that great. And I, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you I, was like, I
0: like Cody Rhodes less and less every time I've seen him for the past several weeks. And I that's like a the shame young bucks because he
1: was the one you were like the biggest I, on.
0: Every time he cuts a promo, it fucking cuts me right to the bone. And I even like the idea of the heel turn that they were kind of teasing, and they didn't do any of that this week. So I'm a little confused about that. I like the young bucks less and less every time I see them. Uh, Without a doubt, I like the Inner Circle less and less every time I see them. These guys used to be a believable, like, hardcore heel faction that I thought wanted to punch you in the face. Now they're a comedy uh, quintuple. They just go out and do comedy. There's nothing serious about them. There's nothing menacing about them. It's just joke after joke after joke.
1: It's kind of funny that... In that faction, the only straight man is Hager in that.
0: And he's not even believable as a badass because he loses every match he's in.
1: Yeah,
0: They've done such a poor job booking any of that stuff. And I understand you have to let guys win. I like the fact that Moxley beat him. I like the fact that, um, that Cody beat him. That was the right move, without a doubt. But you've got to do something to rehab this guy and make him a believable badass again. They haven't done it. He's just a guy now that stands out and, you know, does stuff. And he's not really that good at the stuff he does.
1: Speaking of, uh, rehabbing. So we had Archer, Lance Archer. He had a little segment in the back there. This was a guy who was built up as a monster, lost the, the inaugural title match, uh, for the TNT championship to Cody was kind of off TV for a little bit, had this very quick little thing with Joey Janela, and now is just beating up people randomly backstage for, because he was asked a question. Like, is this proper rehab of him taking a loss to, to Cody?
0: No. Put him on TV, cut down the, the Cody match by five minutes, Cut down the page match by three and put him out there to squash somebody. And don't put him out there to squash a nobody. Let him go out there and beat up Sonny Kiss because we saw Sonny Kiss on TV the other day. Let him go out there and beat up Sean Spears. I know he's a heel. That's the only other person I can think about. Beat up Joey Janela again. That's always good to watch. Beat up somebody and 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 continue to push this and have a direction for that person to go because right now there's no direction. For Lance Archer. And Lance Archer is one of the most believable looking people on the entire roster. You know?
1: I, yeah. He scares they, me.
0: They continue to push these people and put them on our screens that are not anywhere near the, the believability of of a, of a character like that. With a mouthpiece like Jake Roberts. I just... You know, where, where was Tully uh, Blanchard this week? Watching the Cody match when he was there the week before. Where was he watching one of the things aew had in its pocket when it started was I thought the continuity was really good. I thought the storytelling was really good. I thought they they the 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 announcers gave us real believability in the way they called the matches and as time has gone on, not only have the matches not been as good has the talent done too many stupid things that are completely unbelievable in the context of a professional wrestling match but the booking has been so much more sporadic and it's not doesn't feel like it's leading in a direction at this point that's one of the things AEW had going for it that now it feels like it is just doing week to week wwe booking and you and i stopped watching that for a reason yeah there's tons of talent there that the Raw and SmackDown rosters have Daniel Bryan and Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens and freaking Seth Rollins. They've got talent coming out of their ears, but they put on a shitty television show. AEW has half the talent, if I'm being generous, and they're now putting on a shitty television show. How long can that last?
1: What was my biggest complaint about AEW through the first month two months when they when we first started watching dynamite
0: don't quiz me michael just tell me
1: that i felt like wrestlers were too involved in other things and they had no specific like direction they had multiple storylines going on and i felt like that was confusing and i feel like it has that has played out over the long term and been Confusing and has created what we are in now to where people still don't have a lot of times dedicated storylines that they are working on. Like even our world champion is now intertwined with Darby Allen, who is feuding with the guy who wants to fight the champion. It's and they had to bring in a fourth person for that to not make it this weird third wheel type of deal i I, I, f- I got what you were saying back then of of having some like some complications and storylines and and being a little more nuanced with things and this just has not gone that way for me i i don't think that they're being uh that that they're writing really interesting complicated layered storylines i just think that they're really confused and they just keep on splintering off and creating these weird not not necessarily alternate realities but just like these splits off of a storyline and almost forgetting where it all started and what the purpose was well,
0: in order to do what they want to do well, you have to have somebody sit in there telling you no, you can't do this because of this. You've got to have someone that is dedicated to the continuity and knows where this is all going. And they don't know where it's all going. They just don't. And it's it's a perfect everything they've done over the past three months shows you that they don't know where they don't know where things are going. Overall. Listen, they brought in Brian Cage to feud with John Moxley, and John Moxley beat Brian Cage, and they gave him an out with Taz throwing in the towel. Fine. They gave him a monster. He beat him in his own way, and they're going to continue with that storyline. Overall, I'm not terribly bothered by that. Let that go on on TV for a little bit. But Moxley hasn't had a really good feud since he got that championship. The stuff with Brody Lee was garbage. Angle-wise, match garbage was terrible uh i mean did he go from that directly oh he also had the stuff with hager mediocre at best you've got to set somebody up to really be a challenger to that championship and if you don't have that person laid out three months in advance and you don't know what you're doing because you've got to be able to give the fans a world champion that can by the way can close out your show in a main event and the angle with the with John Moxley wasn't in the main event, yeah, right. So yeah, there's all kinds of problems with that show in not really knowing what it wants to be and how to book it. And uh, it's it's really a shame because there's talent there, and I really really want to wa- I want to like it. Uh, you didn't watch any NXT from the week
1: before, uh, did you? I, I did not have any time to no.
0: Uh, I just I, I need to touch on a few things here. Sure. If you've got, if you or do you have anything else you want to talk about with AEW? Mm, no. Okay. Um, we created a faction in professional wrestling years ago. We called it the Interesting Pants Society.
1: <laughs> that we did. It
0: was highlighted by people like Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt and Baron Corbin that all had. Interesting pants. When they came to the ring, their gear, their pants, very interesting. Sometimes sewn together from many other pairs of pants. Sometimes having mesh, sometimes having other interesting things dangling off of them. It took me a long time, but I've now realized that Damien Priest is a member of the Interesting Pants Society. There are there are mesh areas of his pants. And there are different uh, textures and things going on. So I wanted to let you know, if you did not know already, Mike, that Damien Priest, member of the Interesting Pants Society. Do you have any comments?
1: Welcome, Damien Priest, to the Interesting Pants Society. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time. We've needed some fresh blood. And uh, you are just just the man for, for that, that position.
0: And by the by, I actually like Damien Priest. I mean, I do too. he does he does way too many things with like the flaming arrow, the pretend arrow and he does a lot of stuff. When he gets in the <laughs> ring, he does like four things. And I like you can do like two, don't do four. Uh but as far as being in the ring and his look and stuff, I kind of like it. And the stuff he did with Cam- Cameron Grimes last week, I I kind of enjoyed uh Tom Phillips, they continue to cut to Tom Phillips by himself at an announce desk. Even though, during the show, he has two broadcast partners. But they continue to cut to Tom Phillips without any broadcast partners, and it drives me crazy. I hate Tom Phillips now, with a passion undying.
1: You've hated Tom Phillips for a little while now.
0: I've I've liked I've liked Tom Phillips before and I've believed he listen, he's just doing he's mining his P's and Q's, he's doing the right thing, he's, he's doing WWE man. style announcing, he's a company man, but I just hate this guy. And when they cut to him by himself, I'm like, well, where the fuck is Morrow and Beth? So you're doing a three-person announce booth booth and the other people are phoning it in? You're calling attention to the fact that you're taping this or whatever. It is so stupid and unnecessary. At no point do you ever need to cut to the announce booth. You just don't need to do it. Don't. Stop. I,
1: I think it, it's pretty obvious. Mauro Ranallo and Beth Phoenix are invisible people.
0: <laughs> that is the only logical explanation, and it works in the world of professional wrestling. Um <laughs> I'm really sad that you didn't watch this because, you know, uh, uh Dominic Dijakovic fought Keith Lee again. It was the worst match of their entire series, uh, not because it was a bad match, just because it was just a meh match. And it was all based on the fact that they really, really loved and respected each other. And... It was they it was there was so much love going on in this thing and so much of this like one upsmanship and like winking at the camera and cuteness that I was like, can you guys just punch each other in the fucking face and we can get (laughs) on with this? Uh, Because all the matches they had before were about that. Like I wanted to kick shit out of you because I need to advance up this the pecking order in NXT and selling this as like we're really good friends that just want to have a great match for you was the worst thing they've ever done and that was sad for me because I really like Keith Lee mm-hmm. and I was very very happy to see him uh, be in the position that he's in now uh, but this 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 episode this last episode not the one that obviously was most recent but a week ago it at least had my spirit animal Timothy that- that- Thatcher on it
1: he and is it, yeah he's one of my favorite things in wrestling right now
0: and he was great it was a it was a match with a guy I've never seen before, and it was a competitive match in its own, but it wasn't a AEW competitive match that went on for 35 minutes. It was 10 minutes of a, a, a wrestler, a collegiate wrestler, going move for move until Thatcher got him in an unwinnable position and looked like a brutal monster. It was great. It was just great. I love this guy push the sky to the moon he's your next north american champion that's what that's what he should have next i i want that for him
1: yeah who wait uh yeah so have they did they discuss anything about the titles uh situation and no no
0: Keith Lee just has both titles. They haven't
1: mentioned anything about splitting them or having
0: him void, uh, you know, surrender one of the championships, uh, which they really should, honestly. I mean, I, I go back to my, ch- my childhood in Ultimate Warrior as Intercontinental Champion, fighting Hulk Hogan as the world champion. And Ultimate Warrior had to give up the Intercontinental Championship when he won the world championship. Uh, unless they have an angle that works out in that vein they need to do something else because that title is being held up and it could be doing more for the promotion at this point.
1: Mhm. Um I I am actually now reading the uh results from the, today's NXT and uh Keith Lee has been has relinquished the North American title.
0: I predicted it right and, here after it's already happened. You're and, welcome.
1: And uh, they're going to have a ladder match at the next takeover on August 22nd to decide the new champion. And let's see. Uh, Bronson Reed has uh, qualified for said ladder match. And that's all from that okay. show.
0: I mean, and by the way, I I am not for ladder matches very often because they're pretty bad most of the time. But this is one of those places where a ladder match could work in this situation. So good for them. And I hope someone like Thatcher or somebody, you know, that's different gets a chance to run with this championship and and win it.
1: Actually, next week, Finn is taking on Thatcher and... Dexter Loomis in a triple threat match for a qualifying spot for the ladder match as well.
0: Hard to think Finn's not going to win that. Yeah. And by the way, Finn being that champion also could be very, very good. I'm a big fan of Finn Balor, so uh, there's just there's a lot of talent along that roster. So you know, there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Uh, the last thing I have to say about NXT is that Shotzi Blackheart rides a children's toy tank to the ring. If you do not think this puts her in the category with Mantar and that stupid stuffed head or Bastion Booger and the music that was basically farts and burps or the Yeti, Yeti, <laughs> I'm sorry, being birthed there you from go. a block there of ice. There you go then you're a moron. It is one of the stupidest things in current professional wrestling. It is, it's just idiotic. She looks like a moron driving, I don't care if she's really, really talented. I cannot take her seriously. She has a horned helmet and a children's tank that she has to crash into the ring to stop to get out and wrestle a match. Stop it. Just stop. My child on their tricycle looks more imposing than you. And he's two and a half. Just stop. For the love of God, stop. And by the way, it must be a pain in the ass to bring that anywhere else in the performance center. I mean, the UPS shipping on that thing alone would be insane. (laughs) I mean, who approves this? This Honestly, when I watched this, unfortunately, the the first thing I thought, and I've seen this before, but it registered for me harder this last week. This seems like an AEW thing. (laughs) This seems like an indie thing. They have a
1: bunch of cars uh, over in AEW.
0: But it seems like an indie thing. They're like, well, this is their thing. This got them over to 14 people in a gym, so we must put it out there on national television. That's what it seems like. And someone needs to know better. Someone needs to be an adult and go, no, <laughs> stop it, because you look like a moron. And that's it about it, uh, a uh, about NXT. Um,
1: very quickly, I want to say how much I am very happy that I didn't watch Extreme Rules after reading about this
0: you didn't watch it no i thought you were i thought you were no. gonna watch it i i oh, honestly for forgot
1: you, it. i forgot all about it until monday morning i'm like cut.
0: oh that was last night cut the cord mike we cut the uh, cut the cord the wwe quote-unquote main roster is dead to us i have the stills of Rey mysterio's i coming out the things that i've read about the swamp match with braun Strowman beating up himself it is bananas that these people are still on national television with what they're putting on tv on a regular basis it was the go ahead
1: there's two no contest matches in title matches Including the main event.
0: And both of them awarded championships to people who didn't win championships. Yeah. They, if you, the, the only thing that's missing from 1995 WWF, which is universally considered the worst ebb of the wrestling industry in that time and in that company. The only thing that's missing from that now is the label. This is the most creatively bankrupt, idiotic bullshit. This, uh, this, the cinematic matches. And I'm talking about the Boneyard match, the, the money in the bank, the swamp match, the Firefly Funhouse match, the eye for an eye. This is the equivalent of Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. (laughs) This is the equivalent of everyone has, this is equivalent of the goon. This is the equivalent of every wrestler has a job. T.L. That they, Hopper. Yeah. This is what that is. We, do, we, we did not know that we were living through it then, and the WWE, we know, but the WWE doesn't know they're living through it now. It is garbage for the sake of garbage. And when I read the results of this and the lambasting they got from people that actually continue to watch this, I said, what a great decision I made to never watch this show again.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I was reading the results Monday morning and I'm like, at, at first I'm like, oh shit, I forgot all, all about this. And then even seeing people people on Reddit who have have supported so much of this bullshit were like, I didn't really like this. I'm like, finally, finally you're admitting it. Finally you're taking those rose-colored glasses off and you're seeing the bullshit that you're being fed. And yeah, when I saw that still of like, Ray Mysterio's eye. Like, like this it's is em- what they they didn't even opt for CGI. They it's, opt opted for a fucking prop.
0: It's embarrassing. And by the way, I mean, Randy Orton and Big Show drew the worst, I think, quarter hour in the history of Monday Night Raw. On Monday. In the history of the program.
1: <laughs> I, I blame, remember reading that, yeah.
0: Blame COVID all you want but people are still watching television and they're not watching your television cuz your television sucks that's what they're saying to you and if they think they're going to have this giant rebound when live arena shows come back i got news for you your show's still going to suck
1: yeah and oh jeez like and imagine when when football comes back even Empty arena football uh, games are going to decimate Raw's ratings.
0: I would watch anything over Raw or SmackDown right now. And there's nothing you could tell me. There's no show you could propose to me that I would not rather watch than Raw and SmackDown at this point. I'm getting there with AEW, but I'm just still holding out hope because I see so many little seeds with, like, MJF, and I'm like, I just, this guy's the best. I want to watch more of him. And I go, oh, Cody might have this heel turn. Stop fighting plumbers, and let's get to the serious business. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. All right, so... So what, what, are, you, what are you doing with NXT, by the way? Are you planning on watching NXT, like, I, later I, I on want the to. week or early the next week and just not getting to it?
1: I... I have been trying to plan to watch it early in the following week and mm-hmm. just a lot of times it doesn't work out either because like getting home from work later and and then like having to start on dinner and having dinner and, and, and whatnot and not wanting to subject my fiance to me having to watch... Uh, more wrestling while she's home. Like, I try to get it in before she comes home so she doesn't have to watch more wrestling.
0: Do you want to watch NXT next week together instead of AEW and switch it up? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Let's do that because we're we we we're always behind a, on uh, NXT and often they're putting on a at least slightly better show. Let's switch it up this week, maybe go back and forth. I
1: don't know. Yeah, at least by the uh, the the main event, at least that we're being told is AEW's next week. That ten man tag that doesn't uh, grab me. That's a good way to do it. Let's let's go by what's advertised in the next show, and let's
0: watch the one that sounds more interesting to us.
1: Yeah, I because like NXT actually does uh a good bit of the same in promoting what they're doing next week.
0: Well, they're a wrestling card that that doesn't just book show book their entire show in the first hour. So, you know, that's a good thing.
1: That is. All right. Sounds like a good plan. Glad that we worked that out here on, uh, on the show
0: live and you know, and making sure that everyone sees the way the sausage is made.
1: Um, anything else that you want to touch on horror show or,
0: Oh no, no, no I never want to speak I, about I, that it,
1: again. Good. All right. Well, uh, in that case, let's uh, wrap things up here. Thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. Um, uh, you know all the stuff: social media <laughs> at Miss Spots, <laughs> the, all the places you can listen to to the show, uh, MissSpotsPodcast dot com, spots dot com, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all that fun, fun jazz. Um, For Kevin, my name's Mike. Catch you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.